Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is a Rocker Room production. TikTok, TikTok, it's trade. The NBA trade deadline special here at the Dream Take. Jeremy Brenner here, and today we're talking everything deadline, Rockets, rest of the league. We are, this has been such a crazy deadline already today. We've seen about eight or nine trades already. And at least that's what it seems like. And there is just a bunch of, there's a bunch of drama going on. And still a lot of Rockets drama to dive into. Victor Oladipo, will he stay? Will he go? And will, what else is going to happen? Is Kyle Lowry going to go? Is Lonzo Ball going to go? And we're going to talk about all of that here as we go into the, into the deadline. And we are here live on the Locker Room app and I already have a bunch of people requesting to speak. Thank you so much for that. Uh, my co-pilot, Michael Brown, might join me at some point in the afternoon. And Ray Lucas might be joining us at some point during the afternoon. I see a couple of uh, speaker requests 
already coming up and I will bring people onto the stage one or two at a time and we can, you know, dive into some trade talks. So if you got any, I'm going to bring up my co-pilot here, Michael Brown. Mike, where's Vic going, dude? Hey, uh, first of all, always a pleasure to be on with you, sir. Uh, what the hell are the Rockets doing? They are waiting for the right deal to come along. Oh, okay. Uh, I was hashtag asking for a friend. Um, Who's your friend? I, it was me. Okay, fair enough. Um, where does Vic go? Uh, the Lakers. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at what's available right now left, uh, first of all, I think Portland has won the day by getting Norman Powell. That is mm-hmm. for them. Um, now, I don't like giving up Gary Trent if I'm Portland, but Norman Powell is a stud. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good get for them. I think them in Chicago have won the day thus far. Yeah. So, I mean, Norman Powell is definitely, I say, I agree with you there. I think Norman Powell is definitely the best get of the day outside of Vucevic. But Gary Trent and him play the same position. So, I guess in a natural trade, like he's the natural person to go to Toronto in that trade or Tampa, wherever we're calling it. And, you know, Gary Trent is, an un, is a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So the Blazers were maybe a little bit worried that they weren't going to re-sign him. And getting a guy like Norman Powell, I think, you know, people don't realize how, you know, valuable Norman Powell has been to the Raptors this season. He's having the best season of his career. And I really think, I really do like that move for Portland. I actually think that out of the teams in the West, even more than Denver getting, Aaron Gordon, I think that move is the best improvement in the West so far. I think Aaron Gordon is a good improvement, and it's a close second, but I would say that I really like that trade for Portland. And, you know, there's what is a deal, though, Mike, that you didn't like? What's a deal that I didn't like? Um, I, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I get Orlando wanting to move on. From their guys, I like Wendell Carter. I like the two first-round picks. I really don't like the deal for Orlando getting rid of Vucevic to Chicago. I don't get that at all. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that there was a lot of talk about it, and they were saying like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get, um, we're gonna do it if it's the right deal." And I guess this was their definition of the right deal. And I think, you know, considering the fact like. I thought about this earlier. Like, Robert Covington got traded for two first-round picks. And granted, Vucevic got traded for two first-round picks. And uh, I guess if you want to call Wend- – I mean, Wendell Carter is a pretty valuable piece. He's still on his rookie contract. Still has room to grow, room to improve. But I just am not quite sure that Orlando – I'm – I'm I'm walking a very fine line here with Orlando because there is a conflict of interest with me. So I'm not going to dive too much into the Orlando magic and what they've done today. So I'm going to let that off to you. And, you know, if anyone wants to join in on this conversation, uh, we have the chat popping today. It's a little quiet now, but I'm sure throughout the afternoon it will continue to grow. So feel free to chime in to the chat below and I'm going to start bringing some people up, Mike. So, if you, ha- if you want to come up and speak with us, uh, feel free to hit that speaker request button and we will get you on stage to talk about whatever you want. We got Sergio coming on the line. Sergio, welcome to the Dream Take. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good this time, Marnie. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, so Sergio, what, what do you got for us? What, any questions, comments, concerns, compliments, uh, anything you got for us? Well, I do have like a question about regarding Victor Ladipo's trade. 
and how late how Houston's been really quiet right now. There hasn't really been any buzz about them, mostly just revolving around Denver and Orlando and Raps and Kyle Lowry also. Yeah, Mike, you wanna start with this one? I guess Mike's a little uh I guess he's either away from the keyboard or something, but I'll, I'll, I guess I'll start. So I wrote about this yesterday on the dream, on the dream shake. So I think Kyle Lowry is the biggest domino in this whole shenanigan, right? He, like, I think it was kind of funny because come in the weeks leading up to this deadline today, the Rockets, I think were considered as the team that had the most pieces to fill and the most, the most cards at the deadline. They had PJ, they had, um, they had Vic, they had Daniel House, who they were maybe looking to move, things like that. But it didn't end up materializing. And uh, or at least the PJ trade materialized last week. So it made their job today a little bit easier, and they can put all of their energy into focusing on a good, solid trade for Vic. And I simply think that they're waiting to find out if Lowry goes to Miami. Because if Lowry goes to Miami, that likely takes – Miami off the board. I personally think that Miami is, or Vic is Miami's second choice. I think that they would rather have Kyle Lowry and they'll get Kyle Lowry. And if not, then they'll, they'll take the Vic offer. And I think Houston is waiting for that because I think Miami might be their favorite offer because I personally, if you look at all the teams that have been linked to Vic, Miami has the best, uh, prospects. I think Miami has the best package for Vic potentially. And, you know, Miami did make that small move today for Bielitsa. Uh, they traded Mo Harkless. So I think that, I think they're waiting to see what happens in Miami. The only problem is we're, you know, about 80 minutes away from the deadline. And if this deal, you know, snags at the last minute, will the Rockets have enough time to, you know, will they have enough time to recuperate? get the right deal, and move forward. I'm not exactly sure. Does that kind of make Ooh, sense, Sergio? Well, yeah, that does make sense. But I had to intervene on one of your comments about Feel uh, free. the trade. So the P.J. Tucker trade, the Bucks have really much run, run that trade because now they actually do have someone that can actually be on the defensive side besides, you know, Brooke Lopez. They actually do get, like, veteran support now from him. And the thing about Daniel House is no matter how you try to get rid of him, you just can't because I'm pretty sure this is just a mind blower, but I was in the locker room with the other, the other time with Zeke and he told me about how Tillman Fertitta is just doing what we're doing right now just to save money, which is just benefiting himself. And since if you're going to really get, get rid of a guy that has a contract that's worth at least $3 million and can put up at least a good amount of numbers, then that guy's not going to be able to go into trade talks because if you're going to keep most of your roster intact, you got to also get rid of something that's like big. And Daniel House is not that big as he was than P.J. Tucker. I think Eric Gordon has more value than him, but due to his groin injury, that value might must have gone down. So there's like right. speculations of Gordon being included in a package with Victor for assumably a protected first round pick and a good young player, which Miami does have, but Tyler hero is like that elephant in the room that everyone ignores. Because if you want to complete any trade, 
you have to include him in it. I don't necessarily think that. Me neither. I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not as high on Hero. I think as as most people are. Ha- has anyone seen like Hero's three point percentage? It's thirty one percent. That's like Ben Mclemore levels of not very good. And granted, oh. it might be a sophomore slump. It might be you know oh he's you know working on you know it, it's just a it's just a funk. But I mean. You see what happens when multiple guys on one team go into a shooting funk. That's been the Rockets the last two months. And they, and, and you see how it can be a detriment to the team. I, I think long-term Tyler Hero could be the guy, but I don't see why Miami is going to give up. Ty- like, I think, honestly, my, I think Toronto is going to ask for Tyler Hero for the Kyle Lowry trade. And if Kyle Lowry isn't on the key within the next uh, about hour and 15, that's probably why. Or Kyle Lowry doesn't really, really doesn't want to go there, which I'm not quite sure is like the whole thing with Kyle Lowry. You see one report that says one thing and then another report that completely disputes it all from very, you know, valuable sources. So I, I personally just want to wait until it all goes down. Cause I think, cause as you mentioned with Fertita, I think, this whole notion that Fertitta is cheap, I understand why that narrative is out there, but there are reasons that that theory is is incorrect. Like you look at the Demarcus Cousins contract. Like Demarcus Cousins, he was he was guaranteed his contract, and then they cut him two days later. So why would why would someone Fertitta okay that guarantee give him two million dollars just to send him away? Like I personally, that doesn't sound like someone to me that is super, you know, I want to keep my funds real tight and greedy, but that's, you know, but I, I mean, there's another story that can prove that he is greedy and he is, and look, he's a multimillionaire and of course he wants to, you know, hedge his funds and his, his businesses have done terrible with the pandemic and all of that. So I, I can understand why people think that, but there are other reasons to disprove that. And I don't want to just run with this idea that, oh, Tillman's cheap. So therefore, we're not going to have anybody uh, like anybody worth, you know, m- any kind of money is going to ha- come to Houston. Well, I think it also depends on, I don't think he's, I think he's willing to spend the money needed to win a title. If he has the talent to do so, like he wasn't afraid to spend the money when he had Harden and he signed Gordon and he signed Chris Paul and he acquired Russell Westbrook. But now that the team is rebuilding, there are massive questions with his, willingness to spend on free agents either via trade or you know to bring in that talent is i have massive questions about and unfortunately i don't think they're going to get answered before the offseason it depends on what happens with oladipo i hope i'm wrong but they're bringing it down to the nitty gritty here with oladipo i'm shocked he has not been moved yet i'm shocked are you jeremy Yes and no. Okay. You just think yes. wait until somebody's just desperate towards the end? Yeah, I, honestly, there's there's a lot of teams where it makes sense to get Oladipo. So I don't see every team just passing on. Like, New York hasn't done anything yet, and they've been rumored to do a bunch of things. And there was that report that said that they don't view him as a long-term option, but maybe as a short-term option, something that I've kind of floated around 
the last few weeks is this trade idea where the Rockets were to get Alec Burks, Kevin Knox, and a first-round pick, the, the Dallas pick, for Vicks. Just- and I think that's a very fair deal for both sides because you get – but you get more offense for the Knicks at the two guard spot, which they need more of. And you know, Alec Burks is there for salaries. You can play him because you know who else you can play for the Rockets. You get Kevin Knox, who's a 21 year old who doesn't even play in New York's rotation, so it's not like they're losing much there. And then a first round pick, which I don't see like that first round pick is going to be somewhere in the teens because it's Dallas's. So I personally don't. I think that's a good deal for the Rockets because they get a young guy, they get a pick for Vic, and the Knicks can go and contend in the East because right now, in the Eastern Conference, 4 through 10 is separated by three games. And you look at Boston, who improved today with Evan Fournier. You look at um, you look at Chicago, who clearly improved today by getting not only Vucevic, but they got Aminu, who I think is a real good depth piece. I like the trade for Mo Wagner, too. I think that has not really been talked a whole lot about yet, but I think he is a solid add. And Troy Brown. Like, they got 21-year-old Troy Brown for Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. Like, that, that was maybe the biggest fleece of the day, is getting two real good prospects for, you know, Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. I really liked what Chicago's done right now. As long as they don't, you know, trade Zach Levine for peanuts, they've won this trade deadline. Yeah, um, uh, I'm with you. I like what Boston did a little bit. Uh, I'm intrigued by Evan Fournier there. I think they got him for a decent price. But I'm just, unless something goes down in this next hour with the Rockets, like, they haven't done anything. And they haven't been mentioned at all. I mean, it is radio silent out of Houston, which... I kind of like because you and I have, you know, talked so much about the fact that, you know, Toyota Center seemed to be a, you know, there was an open window and everything that was going on there was being talked about. So, but I'm just shocked, man. I'm, I'm shocked Oladipo's still here. I'm shocked Sterling Brown is here. I'm shocked Ben McLemore hasn't been moved. It is nice to not have all this negative press. I will say that. uh, That's a win. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I would consider that a win. Uh, but if the Rockets don't get a trade for Victor Oladipo, it's they're going to be back in that doghouse again. Oh, my God. It, what do you do? I mean, it's awful. If they don't trade Victor Oladipo for something, are you are you going to be as is upset the right word? I would be upset. I'll be disappointed. I'll okay. be disappointed because, you okay. know, clearly, like, he sat last night's game. Clearly, they didn't want him to play. So it's, it's very obvious that they are doing something. And maybe it's close to the vest because Kyle Lowry is kind of dominating all the rumors right now. And I think other teams are kind of moving to the forefront. Orlando with them moving all of their players. So I think maybe this is just like, if you asked us like two or three weeks ago, what was going to be the biggest storyline going into the trade deadline, we would all have told you it was going to be Vic. And for the Rockets, it still is. But for the rest of the league, it really isn't. It really isn't now because so many other teams, a bunch of all-stars have kind of jumped into the fold here. And they've, you know, really turned this into their own. But I'm going to bring it back up to the top. It's about 12.51 Houston time right now. We're a little more than an hour 
away from the deadline. If you would like to come up and talk, feel free to do so on the Locker Room app. I have Steve here. Is Steve? Oh, Steve left. So if, if any of you in the, in the chat right now want to come up, uh, feel free to do so. We are here up until 2.30 p.m. Houston time. So that's half an hour after the deadline. So if Vic gets traded or he doesn't get traded, you're going to hear our live reactions, unless you're listening to this on, uh, on demand. So we, yeah, feel free to come back later, Jake. You know, we're going to be here for a little more, uh, about two hours almost, or something like that. But I, I planned out two hours for this today. So, I mean, ever since we got on, though, I haven't seen any trades. Have you, Mike? No, I have not. And I will be so, hopping. The calm before the storm. It. Yeah, I will hop back and forth in and out over the next couple of hours. Yeah, because, Mike, you're a, you're a busy man. So uh, stay busy. Feel free to come back uh, whenever, and I'll let you back in. I'm in. All right. All right, later. So Mike's going to come back a little bit later in the show. I want to know from you guys, what is your favorite um, – what is your favorite trade from today? What what trade do you like the most? And sorry, Sergio, for bumping you off. You weren't – you had your mic muted, so I just wanted to clear the stage. Uh, Steve, you, you wanted to come up earlier. Did you want to come back up? I sent you an invite. So we're going to be here throughout the next two hours. Honestly, my personal favorite trade is that – uh, it's either the Chicago trade or the Portland trade. It's either Chicago trading for Mo Wagner and Troy Brown, or it's the Portland trade for Norm Powell and uh, for Gary Trent. But if I had to think, if any of these trades, do any of them, re- especially in the Western Conference, do they really change what like the balance of power? And as of right now, the answer to me is no. I, you know, the West this year is really interesting. The Lakers losing the Lakers losing LeBron James for a certain amount of time and AD for a certain amount of time really opens up this West because it's going to it's going to shuffle the seating and it's honestly I'm surprised teams haven't like taken this as like a window of opportunity, you know. The Suns have been awfully quiet, but at this point like when you have a team especially like the Suns that are good for the first time in a long time. They really want to keep that team together. They don't want to ruin what has turned into such a really good thing. And But right now, if you look at the Suns, do you see them as a legit title contender? And to me, I think they are a second-round exit. Maybe conference finals if they're lucky. I think they should maybe try to look to make a move. And the same goes, and and maybe they will on the buyout market. Maybe they're more suited for a buyout deal. I know that JJ Redick is uh, potentially linked to there with his previous playing relationship with Chris Paul, and I know Andre Drummond was possibly linked to there. Although I feel like that is very out of the question. Like I don't see that happening. But the Suns could make a move or two. The Jazz, I feel like. They're good, but I feel as if they might be a move or two away. I know they got Ersan Ilyasova, and maybe that's going to be their big deadline move, if you will. So I'm not quite sure if that is all that the Jazz are going to do. But if you look at the Lakers, too, like if the Lakers aren't careful enough, they could drop completely into the standing. Like if you look at one through six in the West, it's really tight, especially three through six. So the Lakers, last time I checked, and, you know, it could be different, they were fourth in the West. 
They're fourth in the re- in the West right now. They're a game and a half back of the second seed, which is Phoenix. Yet they're only two and a half games back of sixth, which is Portland. So there's a really tight, tight race here. And a move like, look, Denver and Portland got better today. Denver got Aaron Gordon. Portland got Norman Powell. Like, the Lakers might need to do something to counterbalance that. And they might feel totally, totally free to just say, hey, like, we're going to go in the buyout market and hope for Andre Drummond because I definitely think that's who they're looking for. But the buyout market is just such a, it's such a crapshoot because you, like, the guys can go anywhere. They're a free agent. They can sign with whomever they like. And there's several very intriguing options for Andre Drummond. And when you're a guy like Andre Drummond, who has never won a playoff game in his near decade-long career, I think that's what he's looking for. And with the Lakers, I'm sure he could potentially do that. But what if the Nets can do that too? The Nets have a far... Look, at this point, it's the Nets' season to lose at this point, at least from my eyes. I just don't see how you're going to beat that team in four games out of seven. And, you know, some people might just get along for the ride, like Blake Griffin kind of did. Like, Blake Griffin's kind of just saying, hey, like, I'm going to go to a good team. I'm going to contribute as much as I can. You know, I'll team up with my boy DeAndre, and we'll hopefully uh, get this done. And I'm not entirely sure if that – so, like, the Lakers have to compete with the Nets. And I'm not necessarily sure if that's a – if that's something that they're going to win. So I would just, that that's the downside of waiting until the buyout market to hope that your guy will choose you. Now, if there is some kind of wink, wink, like, Hey, like we're going to sign with you once I get bought out after this trade deadline. Okay. That's another thing. Speaking of buyouts though, this, this came from Sam Amico today and this is rockets related. So we're going to pivot back to the rockets. Apparently, John Wall could be interested in a buyout. And that, to me, caught me by surprise a little bit because John Wall's contract, he's projected to make over $40 million in each of the next three seasons. It's a big contract to buy out. You know, it's one thing if you're Andre Drummond and it's a one-year contract or Blake Griffin, a one-year contract, J.J. Redick on a one-year deal. But John Wall is two years with a player option for year three. So there is a lot of question marks when it comes to that if anyone wants to come up and talk about John Wall feel free to come up and do so I'd love to go back and forth with someone on this because I think this is very interesting and look the Rockets at this point I don't see like there is positives in in sending John Wall away and and having him bought out however I just think there's too much money right now to buy him out it's just Maybe next season. Personally, this is what I think the Rockets want to do. I think the Rockets want to get a first-round pick out of, out of Victor Oladipo and use that pick to attach to John Wall to trade him in the offseason. And at this point, it would be worth it because the Rockets now have three first-round picks. If they trade one for Vic, they'll have potentially four if they trade for one in 2021. And... Look, the Rockets don't need first four first-round picks. They, they they barely need three. Like, having three is nice. Having four might be a little bit too much. Like, are you really going to get four guys in one draft? Like, and so to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of 
sense to keep four guys. Maybe they draft and stash one, but this to me, like maybe they use two or three of those picks to trade up into the draft. But I would personally like to have one to attach to John Wall in a trade. I have Steve up here. Steve, you want to talk John Wall? You want to talk about something else? You're on the dream take. How are you doing today? How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing fantastic. I'll be a little bit better once Victor Oladipo is traded, but yeah, same right. here. Same here. Yeah, just uh, regarding John Wall, do you think this uh, rumor about the buyout that you were talking, you think it has anything to do with the uh, issue that was during the second half of the game? Oh, I think it's 100% with the issue of the last game, to be honest. Yeah, right. Because, um, I mean, look, you have, you know, the Monday night, they're, they're hugging, they're, you know, there's this whole, like, kumbaya mentality. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we went through this together kind of thing. And then, you know, 48 hours later, it's, you know, same old, same old, and you know, this is the most dejected I've seen John Wall this whole season because I think he's starting to read the writing on the wall and realize that this team is not what he signed up for. And it's the same with DeMarcus Cousins. It was the same with James Harden. And it's frustrating because, you know, like, come on, I just want to have one person, like, be happy that they're in Houston, you know? That's, I yeah. guess, kind of dis- frustrating. So I will say this, though. I don't I think John Wall is frustrated and I and I understand that totally. And I'm not I'm not frustrated that John Wall wants out cuz it it is a little bit ironic though considering the fact that he has talked about so many times especially earlier in the season about how they got rid of guys that don't want to be there. And if he's getting bought out, he that's saying that he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. So it's very very you know flipped and it's very odd. It's just totally it, it like I think I don't think he really wants to get bought out. Do I think he's frustrated with the situation? Absolutely. But do I think that means he wants a buyout? No. Like, two things can be true. He might not want a buyout, but he might be frustrated with how the Rockets are going. I mean, who wouldn't be frustrated after losing 21 out of 22 games? True. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, the only thing that I'm, I'm particularly frustrated with John Wall, I like him as a player. I think, you know, I don't know, I don't know if he really fits into our global overall plans what we're doing currently but i just i'm getting a bit tired that i just i want somebody to tell john wall that he needs to realize that christian wood is actually our best player and that it should be christian wood taking most of the shots in the game every game that you see i think i think there was a game a couple of games ago john wall shot the ball 30 times that sounds about right and i think only made eight field goals and i just at one point when when does it when does somebody tell John Wall that, I mean, the offense, the team should run through Christian Moore, Wood more than through him? Does that make sense, or am I completely off here? No, you're, you're, definitely, you're definitely on. And I think when it comes to John Wall, he has a bit of a hero complex. And basically that means that he's just kind of, he wants to be the guy. He wants to be the superhero. He wants to be the guy that he was at Kentucky. He wants to be the guy that he was in his early part of his Wizards career. And he know and he believes that he can be that guy. But and and he waited two years, two years with frustrating injuries and then the adversity of getting traded, almost kind of like a blind side to him. And he wants to prove people wrong. And he feels that by proving people wrong, he has to go be that guy to go out and score, you know, 30 points a game and, and get 10 dimes. And I think he feels like the chip on his shoulder means that he needs to go and be the best player on the team. Be the guy. When yeah. in reality, 
that just isn't where the Rockets are going right now. And to be honest, it's not where any team will be going right now, simply because like John Wall is not the kind of person that you're building your team around at 30 years old after two you know, debilitating injuries. Like, can John Wall play? Absolutely. Can he be a starting point guard in the league? Absolutely. He still is. And if you put him on most of the teams in the NBA, he would still be their starting point guard. I don't doubt that he he wouldn't be that. But he needs to he does need to defer to Christian Wood. I think he's he's struggling with that a little bit. And I don't blame him. I think he, he really wants to be that guy for the Rockets. He wants to make the Rockets proud because the Rockets traded for him. And he want like the Rockets want him here. I do believe that the Rockets want him here. It, unless you know, so I think with John Wall, it's it's his hubris. He wants to be the guy, and like to be honest, it's it's a character flaw. Like you could have far worse character flaws. You know, you could you could uh, have twenty four women uh, file a lawsuit against you. Uh, that's a pretty big flaw. At least John <laughs> Wall's not that. Um, so you know, if if that's his worst attribute. I'm okay with that. And I still think he's a valuable part of the team, even if he, you know, even on the court, even if on the court, he produces a negative uh, output. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I actually, I hadn't actually paid attention to that part of his, let's say his mojo that was probably affecting the way he was actually running the team. So it's good that you mentioned that because that actually makes perfect sense. You know, every player has... A backstory, and I think that the backstory really affects how they how they play, and especially with this Rockets team, because all of these Rockets guys, so many of them, have been counted out in their careers. It's something that we talked about earlier in the season, where you know Jay Sean Tate, undrafted, spent two years overseas to to climb back into the NBA. You know, John Wall, two years off because of injuries, had to climb back to an elite position in the NBA. Uh, Daniel House, undrafted. You know, so everyone has a story and for why they want to be in the NBA and why they need to prove themselves. And I think maybe that also is part of why the Rockets may not be working as cohesively as they need to, because everyone feels the need to prove something. And it's okay that everyone needs to prove something. It can create a really strong energy, like it did in the beginning of the season. However, it can sometimes get lost in the sauce a little bit. And I think that's what's happened this season, on top of the injuries and all of that. But even when the team's been fully back together, I also think the losing has really, you know, shrunk morale. And you can see that, like, I think if the game against the Thunder was opening, like, was Earlier in the season, two months earlier, you know, early in the streak, I think they would have won that game because they didn't have that that burden of losing 20 straight games on on their back. And I think that you're starting to see that. And what I'm hoping for after this deadline, hopefully Victor Oladipo gets moved sometime in the next 54 minutes, is it will clear the way for a lot of people to just play basketball, not care about record, not care about who's on the court, who's off the court, you're going to get a consistent, hopefully a consistent group of guys that can play together for a, hopefully a good cup, like to just end the season out. And as long as each game, the Rockets are, you know, developing a player further or they're developing together as a team further. You know, I think 
this weekend against Minnesota is going to be a great litmus test for this team because the Timberwolves are in a very similar position as the Rockets right now. I'm sure that, you know, they're going to do something. And as, as I'm talking right now, we have our first trade of the show and it's not, it's not Houston based though. It is uh, <laughs> the Utah jazz though. They do make a move. They acquire uh, not the Houston radio personality, Matt Thomas, but Toronto Raptors guard, Matt Thomas for a future second round pick. Interesting. I actually really like that trade for Utah. I think they get they get another sharpshooter, more depth, and that's definitely something that you know you can't have too much of. Do you like that trade, Steve? On first glance, on first glance, it seems okay. It, it doesn't really move my needle, but uh, yeah, it's okay. I think uh, it's it's okay. I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that trade. Um, I, I have a hard time talking about the Utah Jazz. Sorry, though. I don't blame you one bit, brother. <laughs> but, uh, Steve, thanks for coming on to the Dream Shake. Man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Take care. For sure. If anyone wants to come up to talk Matt Thomas trade or anything else, feel free to come up. Uh, thank you, Steve, for coming on. We are about 52 minutes away from the NBA trade deadline, and the Rockets are still holding on to Victor Oladipo. We'll see for how long, though. Uh, and granted, keep in mind that the trade deadline is 3 o'clock, but that doesn't necessarily mean that trades won't trickle after, news won't trickle after. And, you know, so we might get a trade a little bit after 2 p.m. So that's why we're staying on until the bottom of the hour at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Be sure to also follow The Dream Take on Twitter at The Dream Take. And you can follow The Dream Shake on Twitter as well at DreamShakeSBN. You can also like us on Facebook. We're over there for half of our post-game shows with Michael Brown. And we're here on Locker Room as well. So feel free to follow me on Locker Room here. And our next Locker Room game recap will be Saturday. We're going to do Facebook for Friday. So we're going to go – we are trying to go every other game. Sometimes Mike and our schedules, you know, get busy and one of us can't do one game. But that is, you know, our goal. And we will always keep you posted as to when we – when we go live at whichever platform we go. So I'm getting a, a retweet now from Shams. He says the Raptors are seriously engaged with the Lakers and Heat on a trade to move Kyle Lowry out. And this kind of brings out this theory of mine that the Rockets are waiting on the Heat to see what they do. And if the Heat go and they trade for Lowry, then that kind of changes things. And the Rockets will just take whichever second offer they get. But I'm starting to think, you know, maybe they have to because time is running out. There's less than an hour left. And I think that Rafael Stone, just given what he's done so far, every trade that Rafael Stone has made this season, I've been a fan of. I think he's moving this team in the right direction. And I don't think he would, you know, knowing Vic and his situation and where the Rockets are, I don't think that he would just let Vic go for nothing. Because I do think if in the chance that Vic isn't traded by the deadline, I do think the Rockets will try and buy him out because I don't see why the Rockets would consider him a plus asset at this point in the season. He's not someone that's going to develop the Rockets much further. I feel like we've gotten everything out of Vic that we've needed to, and it's time to move on for not just you know the Rockets, but for Oladipo as well. And I think that a buyout, if a trade is not met, is what's going to happen. So that's something to keep an eye on for as well. And it, 
And the, another question is, who, who are the Rockets going to, uh, to give that, that extra roster space to? I have a feeling it's going to be Mason Jones, just because I know that he signed his 10-day contract, and I'm, I'm not sure if he signed a second one. Um, I haven't seen anything that has, you know, led me to believe. I don't believe he was available last night. And if he wasn't, you know, available last night, like, he's not even in the box score. So I'm assuming that he's a free agent. Um, or excuse me, no, I'm looking at the wrong box score. Um, but, yeah, so the Rockets last night, Mason Jones, yeah, doesn't even show up in the box score, not even amongst the people that are out. So uh, he's not on this um, idea. So Adrian Wojnarowski is now tweeting that the trade with Matt Thomas to the Jazz does – you know, it opens up a roster spot for the Jazz, or excuse me, for the Raptors, which could be a sign that they are trading Kyle Lowry for multiple players. And that, I, I can see, I can definitely read that, read that tea leaf for sure. So uh, I'm going to open up the chat again and open up an invitation to anybody that is listening to us live right now on the Locker Room app. Feel free to hit that speaker request button if you want to come up talk about Kyle Lowry, talk about Victor Oladipo, John Wall, anything that's going on with the Rockets right now, you're more than welcome to come on. This is our show. This is your show. So feel free to come on up, have a conversation with me. I promise I don't bite even if I really wanted to. Um, But I got a question from Ray in the chat. So if Oladipo gets traded to the Heat, where will Lowry go? And I think According to Wojnarowski's tweet, I think it's I think it's the Lakers, and you know I think I could see Vic going to the Heat if Lowry goes to the Lakers. I think Lowry is the first choice for the Heat, and Vic would be a close second. And Vic does improve that team. Like I know we haven't seen the best of Victor Oladipo with the Rockets, but I think he he is just a bad fit. I think he's just a really bad fit for what the Rockets are trying to do. Him and John Wall. Just their styles don't meet at all. Vic, you know, he doesn't he he's not used to having a lob threat like Christian Wood is, and you know, he barely played with Christian Wood if we if we really look into it. Um so I think just get Vic on the right team. He's talented enough to where he'll make something work, but he needs some kind of structure. And I don't think he got that really in Houston. So Ray Spaulding says, Can you consider the Clippers a dark horse for Lowry? I cannot because the Clippers don't have any draft capital for the next several years because they traded all of their picks to Oklahoma City for Kyle Lowry. So, or excuse me, for Paul George. So, that that the Clippers are absolutely hand tied. Like they have to roll with Kawhi and Paul George for the next several years if they want something to work. And at this point, they have seen to just fallen short. So I would not expect the Clippers to be. Um, to be a contender for Kyle Lowry. I don't think they're a contender for anybody. Um, But in the buyout market, look for them to make some kind of move. Nate asks, could you see the possibility of a three-team trade involving Oladipo and Lowry? I'm sure that's been discussed. Uh, I definitely could see that. I think that's a very good theory, Nate. Um, Because the Rockets have this, you know, idea. The Rockets are definitely in talks. Like, they've been, you know, they were talking – like dialogue has been open with many teams for the Rockets all year long. We've talked about the Harden trade and then Cleveland with Kevin Porter. And then, you know, the Bucks with PJ, like Rafael Stone has had a lot of conversations, with a lot of different GMs. So he definitely has 
the feel of what everyone is looking for. He's talked he talked to Orlando about getting Aaron Gordon. So there's another possibility for um you know Orlando like he is he's definitely making those conversations. He's not, you know, I know that they've been quiet in terms of the moves that they've made, but he has not been quiet in the phone calls and on, you know, stuff like that. So Ray asks one more thing. Do you see any salary fillers for the Rockets getting moved with Oladipo? If so, who I would think Exum and hopefully Macklemore. So the thing is like the only, like Victor makes $21 million, right? So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, so that means the Rockets need to take some somewhere close to $21 million in, in return. And adding a contract like Dante Exum, who's making, I believe, around... Like, his contract isn't small, because he's on his second contract. I believe Dante Exum's contract is something like $9 million. So that's $30 million of, you know, salary that... Like, at this point, the Rockets have salary to take on. Like, they can take on some salary. Like, it doesn't... You know, maybe they trade Exum... You know, I think Exum could could get dealt, although he's making $9.1 million as an expiring contract for someone that hasn't played a lick of basketball here in Houston, and he probably won't ever. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for teams to bring him in. At this point, he's just kind of there. Now, I could see the Rockets maybe, you know, buying out Exum if they want to open a roster spot, but at this point, like, Dante Exum doesn't really do any harm to the Rockets. So I wouldn't see the reason, like if he gets traded because the Rockets are looking to open a a roster spot or something like that, it makes sense. And if the Rockets were a buyer right now, I'm sure that they would likely send him to a team that, you know, could take on that kind of salary. But at this point, like the Rockets are that team that can take on some salary. So I think Exum is staying as a Rocket for right now. And Ray asks, who are your leading candidates for Vic? It's still the Knicks and the Heat. I, I don't see, you know, the Lakers. Maybe the Lakers, their backup option is also Victor Oladipo. And the Rockets are just waiting on the Raptors to make their trade for Vic. Or, or excuse me, the Raptors to make their trade for Lowry, whether he goes to L.A. or Miami. And maybe Vic will go to the other where Kyle Lowry doesn't go. So maybe that's in the cards. But at this point, I think that the Knicks and the Heat are the top two. Um, and... For all we know, you know, maybe they maybe they see Vic as someone that, you know, they are unsure that they can re-sign after the season and they just don't want to take on the risk and give up assets when they can just sign him in free agency and they feel confident enough to go and do that. But I mentioned a I mentioned a trade earlier with the Knicks, and it was a trade for um Kevin Knox, Alec Burks, and a first. And that first would be Dallas's first for this year that the and that's the pick that they got in the Porzingis trade. So I think that the Rockets, uh, that's a good trade for the Rockets. They get a young asset in Knox and they get a first round pick. And then Alec Burks is kind of there to match salaries and the Knicks go because they, the Knicks get better in that trade because they get, they get a upgrade at the two guard spot. I would rather take Oladipo than Alec Burks more offense at the two spot. Like the Knicks are one of the lowest scoring offenses in the NBA, if not the worst. So I think that that is part of why the Knicks make sense for Victor Oladipo. However, I'm starting to think as we're now just 40 minutes away from the trade deadline, if Vic was going to the Knicks, I feel like that would have happened by now. 
just simply because the Knicks aren't really involved with anyone else, at least not reported. And to me, I feel like that's a move that could have been made. I think the reason why Vic has not been traded yet is because he has to do with some kind of trade with Miami or the Lakers, whoever loses out on this Kyle Lowry sweepstakes. Um, so I see here, um, Plug says, the Lakers heat race for Kyle Lowry is more exciting than the matchup in the finals. It's their game seven, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is kind of funny how those two teams are kind of, uh, again, kind of competing against one another for Kyle Lowry. Now, I'm not... I, I want to know what y'all think, and, and I want to hopefully invite some people to come up on the stage um, about what y'all think about Kyle Lowry and his potential fit with the Heat. Um, and granted, we obviously don't know who would be going in a trade, uh, but we can also craft some potential trades that might happen, and we can kind of look into it um, and see what a Heat team would look like post-Lowry trade or what a Lakers team would look like post-Lowry trade. So if anyone wants to come up, talk about... Lowry trade. So, oh, but here we go. Shams is back on my screen. The Hawks and Clippers are in serious talks to send Rajon Rondo to the Clippers. So Rondo's going back to LA, it seems, at least very close to going back to LA. So, you know, talking about the Clippers, um, they get that trade um, with Rajon Rondo. So that's really exciting. I want to know what y'all think about it. So if y'all want to talk Rondo, Kyle Lowry, the Heat, the Lakers, Feel free to come up, talk in the chat if you can't come up right now or choose not to. Totally fine. This is your show. This is our show. So feel free to do whatever you like here because this is uh, the Dream Take presented by the Dream Shake, uh, SB Nation's home for Houston Rockets basketball. So I'm actually, I guess I'll start with my thoughts on the on the Rondo trade. I really like this for the, I really like this for the Hawks. You know, you get, Someone like Rondo was just not a good fit there. Like they, the the Hawks made a lot of mistakes this off season, and I know that there is there have been talks about Atlanta also going uh, as a Vic potential destination. So keep an eye on Atlanta here as they as they make more moves. But Rondo just didn't fit there, man. He just would like I understood the signing at the time, but I don't think they recognized where their team was going and. Now that they sit, you know, fourth or fifth in the East, I think that, you know, getting a guy like Rondo, it just, Rondo just doesn't fit that team in what, in what they're about. I just don't, like, he never really did. He started the season injured, and I think he just never got into a true rhythm with them. But, I mean, the Hawks have done perfectly okay without him. They've done perfectly okay without him. They're seventh in the East right now. They're just a half game back, though, of fourth. That's crazy. So, the... Hornets with the win last night over the Rockets, they are fourth in the East. And then Miami, New York, and Atlanta are all at 500. They're five, six, seven. So, like, this trade deadline is super important for the East. And the teams that sit on the sidelines for this trade deadline, especially in the Eastern Conference, are going to be the ones that are kicking themselves in the end of the day. That's why this deal with Lowry and the Lake uh and the Heat and the Lakers is so important because it really will shift the balance of power in any of the two conferences. So that is, I guess, what's really intriguing about this. I love how, you know, earlier today, there were so many trades just going bop, 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 bop. And I think since we logged on here at about 1.30 uh, Eastern, 12.30 Central, and it's just not, like, it, it's just almost dead silent, which I think is really funny. But 
maybe I'm jinxing it, maybe I'm not, but hopefully we can get some kind of you know deal done here with the Rockets. I'm really surprised here. I'm start. I, I'm waiting to see these tweets that say you know oh the Rockets chose to keep Victor Oladipo or they're buying him out or you know they missed out. Which if that were to happen, it would probably be uh, it would probably honestly be Rafael Stone's biggest uh, like miss. Like for whatever reason, just I think a lot of the signings that Rafael Stone has made, a lot of the trades that he's made have been super positive. But this would be the first negative move, in my opinion. And, you know, when Daryl Morey was here, I was very positive. I was very high on everything that he did because he was building something and I believed in it. And it got to a point where I think after he made the Harden trade, I was like, okay, this dude knows what he's talking about. He's legit. He is definitely like someone that I trust because he saw what, you know, very few like Harden that offseason could have been traded to anybody. And the fact that he was able to do it and get him for as little as they, you know, traded for him, like, I was like, okay, like, that's a once-in-a-generation kind of move that changes the balance power of the NBA. And, you know, I think ever since then, Maury kind of built this kind of, um, kind of something else. Um, He's built this reputation now, and now in Philly, he's kind of doing that as well. So I'm getting a couple of guys in the comments. Uh, Steven Silas said Oladipo was with the team at practice. Doesn't sound like a player about to be traded. Um, so, yeah, Ali Kambajani, former writer at the Dream Shake, now with The Athletic, tweeted that as well. Um, so, yeah, that is kind of surprising. I do have Zeke who wants to come up and speak. So, Zeke, you're on the Dream Take, my brother. How are you today? I'm fine, my guy. How are you? I'm doing all right. Would be more happier if uh if Vic was off this team but listen, that sounds mean though listen I mean. <laughs> listen remember I've been one of the first people to say I was like he is not good he is not good you know and I don't think it's that he doesn't like the talent I think his injury is just that catastrophic he has the same injury as uh Charles Barkley had back in the day when he was forced into retirement with our team the Rockets so granted he's way younger He's still within his athletic prime, but you can see the, you know, the steep decline. It's mostly because, you know, as a three-point shooter, he's always been spotty. Besides that one year, he had that breakout with the Pacers. Defense, defense was what was his calling card, but then everything else is kind of like, you know, he wasn't a lead at those things. So now when you see him struggling to get back and he's just inefficient and, you know, He's just an enemy of progress because he's not good enough to help the team lose and he's not good enough to help the team win. So, yeah, I mean, I guess my main thing right now is that, and I can't believe I'm saying this, should Rockets fans, if Oladipo's not traded, right? Um, If he's not traded, should we all be eating crow for being on Twitter saying that we took him over Karis LeVert? And... I And also, I feel as if the Rockets should stop trying to, like, if the Rockets' goal is really to trade him to Miami, stop it. We shouldn't do this. Find a way to trade him to Atlanta or some other team that has a so-so young guy that is an intriguing prospect that's willing to, you know, that's willing to want to make a playoff push for the depot. Yeah, you know, I'm always going to be, and I'm not... I understand that there are people that are, especially now, 
going to say, oh, Levert should have been the guy that came here. But do you think that maybe the reason, you know, why that – because remember how that whole physical thing came down? And about Yeah, I remember exactly. You know, like maybe the Rockets the didn't want him because of that. Hmm. That might be one reason. And also, you keep in mind, Karis LeVert has had some pretty gnarly injuries in his career too. That's and true. I don't think it's as, you know, I don't know if it's as, you know, significant as a ruptured quad like what Vic had. But look at Vic. In his prime, he had that one breakout year with the, with the, uh, with the Pacers, the Pacers, right? Yeah. They, they took LeBron's, um, you know, washed, no Kyrie, Cavs, so seven games in the first round. Correct. That was his ceiling. Yeah. And he was the dude on that team. I remember after that playoff series, he's like, hey, man, I'm going right back to work. Like, we, we're going to do this again. Yeah. And then he had that horrible injury. But at this point, Vic, as a star player, cannot do what he can do. But, I mean, you still see him in games. Like, he can still get you 20 points. He still has the ability to go and do that. But, but as a number one player, is, is just not it. He's just not there. Yeah. Um, but before I, before we continue this, Zeke, uh, I'm hearing now, I'm seeing now from Shams on Twitter that uh, Lou Williams is going to be in this Rajon Rondo trade. So Lou Williams is out with the Clippers. He could go to Atlanta, which I think he's played for before. I feel like Lou Williams has been on at least half of the teams he can be at this point, or he could go to a third team. Which honestly, for for a team like Atlanta. They could use Lou Will. I, I, I think that that's not a terrible idea either. I mean, I know they have a bunch of other guys like uh, Kevin Herter and uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich who might be better than the Williams. Personally, I've seen a lot of – I don't know the Clippers well enough to really talk a whole lot about Lou Williams, but I'm surprised that he hasn't been seen as this – You know, I feel like last year and the year before, he was such an important player. But mm-hmm. now I feel like he's irrelevant at this point. I think it's more so because of the age. Yeah, I mean, he has been in the league for since 2005. He was high schooler, so he's about 34, 35. Yeah, it's the age, and they need playmaking bad. You know, like anytime I watch the Clippers, you just see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard bringing up the ball because they have no point guard. And Lou and Bev, like, they are guards, but, you know, they're not – playmaking guards. One is about getting buckets. The other one's about locking the other one up. Oh, Nathan, yeah, you're right. Lemon Pepper Lou is about to go back to... He's about to go back to... Uh, what is that place? Magic City? Yeah, he's about to I go think back that's what to it's Magic called. City and get some Lemon Pepper Wings, man. <laughs> Shout out. Is Lemon... I wonder. Yeah. Is it open? It has to be open. I mean, maybe they'll open now for Lou Will. Yeah, definitely. Get definitely. that sponsorship money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. so see, uh, Adrian, the same way. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting, Hawks are trading Rajon Wanda to the Clippers for Lou Williams. It wouldn't surprise me if that trade is just straight up. But right now, oh, it's two second round picks going to the uh, going to Atlanta for Rondo. So we're about we're now thirty minutes away from the NBA trade deadline. Still haven't heard about Lowry. Still haven't heard about uh, with Oladipo. Another name that we haven't really talked about yet, uh, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, there was a lot of talk yesterday and the day before about teams being interested in Denver being interested, Chicago being interested, and Lowry Markkinen possibly being on the move from Chicago. Obviously, Chicago's been busy today, and maybe they're trying to run the phones the last 30 minutes for uh, one Lonzo Ball. I mean, if the Houston Rockets was to do that, I would not mind that 
I would I would honestly not mind that. I just wondered then what would happen of Jaw Wall. Oh no, I mean I meant with the Bulls. I meant with the Bulls. Oh with the Bulls. Oh well okay, yeah, with with the Bulls, I'll say this for the Bulls. I think they need playmaking bad, you know, because Kobe White is not a playmaker, he was a scorer. And Zach Levine, um, he was cool at playmaking, but that's not his bread and butter, right? They just now picked up Vucevic. But Vucevic is not enough playmaking because he's a center. He's a big. You also need playmaking in the perimeter. Lonzo would be good enough for that. Um, my only position is that Lonzo, uh, if Lonzo gets signed there, right, that means the three people who's going to be making the most amount of money would be Lonzo, Vucevic, and Zach Levine. And then Kobe Watt will be coming up later on. Um, are you willing to go deep into the salary cap for a team that at its peak will probably be the fifth or sixth best team in the East? I'm not too sure about that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. And like, part of me was surprised that Chicago went for Vucevic, but I think they went there because they realized how small the package was for him. It was only two firsts and Wendell Carter. And they also got, you know, Aminu, too. So they were able to get a pretty solid deal. And they also got off of Otto Porter's expiring contract. So I think they – I don't think the Bulls were looking to make a move for Vucevic. I think they just realized that it was worth it. And they just, yeah. they just pulled the trigger. Yeah, and I also think the reason why Orlando wanted to do it, I think Orlando wanted to beat us down the tank race because they're just so bad. And that – they ended up getting Chicago's two picks, and I think they're both top four protected. So in Orlando's case, they they have seen the wall. They have seen what's written on the wall. They have been the gulag team of the NBA for the past multiple years, where their fans are nothing more than Disney World people who are there with like throwing away tickets. So I think what they have decided is just to bottom out. Get somebody who is intriguing. That's a so-so prospect in in um, Wendell Carter Jr. and just roll the dice and see what happens. You know what I mean? Yo, Rondo's not a Clipper. Yeah, man. I don't know why they couldn't just sign him. They should have just signed him, not traded for him. But okay. Yo, Zeke, you think that we're finally gonna get rid of Oladipo now? <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting on that. I'm like shiitake, man. We gotta do it already. We gotta uh, pull the bomb. We gotta like do one right away. Um, I'll be lying if I if I'm confident about Oladipo leaving again. I think Jeremy would agree that it depends totally on what happens with Lowry. Lowry's the big fish in the pond. All the, every but Maybe every other it's... trade, every other trade has been. A trade that nobody predicted. Nobody thought Vucevic was going. We all wanted Vucevic to get out of Orlando, but we didn't know that he was getting traded. You know what I mean? And yep. so, like, at this point, Oladipo is the second biggest name that's on the board and has been rumored on the board for months. So, whatever happens with Larry will dictate what happens with Oladipo. Um, on the jump, they're just saying that Depot's value is so low. So, if people are speculating that his value is low, I wonder what it actually is. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, have you seen what's been going on in Toronto lately, right now? It's yeah, we've been here talking out. about it all all afternoon long so far. And to be honest, I, I think you know this whole this whole Vic thing and his value kind of being you know somewhere. You know, we we really don't know where Vic's value is because 
you know, there have been some reports that have said that, oh, he's not worth anything more than any second round picks. And the Fournier deal really, I think, I think someone mentioned that earlier about how the Fournier trade uh, tanked Vic's value. You're like, oh, well, you know, Evan Fournier, who's making very similar money to Victor Oladipo, only got traded for two second round picks. And that's Boston. So, like, Boston needed, you know, they had that huge, the largest trade exception in NBA history. And they used that, you know, mostly to bring on Evan Fournier. And that could have been even, you know, maybe a Boston, you know, I know we didn't really talk about it, but Boston could have been a trade destination. Maybe they would have taken that trade had Fournier not been available. But, you know, I think at this point, if the Rockets are going to keep Vic, I I think they do buy him out. I I don't see why they would, because as, as Zeke mentioned, he's an enemy of progress. He's just not the kind of guy the Rockets need right now. He takes minutes away from Kevin Porter. And at this point, like, I really want to see Kevin Porter get legit minutes at the one. I, I want to see him play. I, I want John Wall to play, but I also want John Wall to not get any more injured than he's already been. So give him like back-to-backs off like, or, or give him, sit him in one half of the back-to-back. I know he hasn't been doing that lately, but you know, at this point it's a benefit because it, it keeps him healthy and mm-hmm. it, it gives Kevin Porter a lot more um, minutes. So no, I agree. I would, the I would team like... needs to give Kevin Porter minutes. I'm I'm tired of seeing, and I hope he's I hope he's healthy because I know he hasn't been you know super healthy the last. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Jeremy. Like honestly, because it's just like at this point, the Rockets r- seem like they want to make KPJ another James Harden. Right now, it may say it might sound blasphemous to many, but. Their games are somewhat similar. They just do things differently, right? Do some things differently. So the hope is that if Houston is truly on to rebuilding, right, and we are truly are going to try to keep our top four pick, the goal should be try to trade Victor Oladipo if you can. And if you can't, you know, barely play him or, you know, play him, whatever. But just don't allow him to take away minutes from others. As for John Wall, do do what the Oklahoma City Thunder did with Chris Paul to Shea. Do that with John Wall and KPJ. KPJ is already shown to be a good playmaker, but he needs to get used to being at the one so we can build on further onto this team so that we can have an identity. Because a team with KPJ and uh, and Christian Wood, that's a bright future right there if we can just get it, everything together. The difference is... Chris Paul is a lot better at making the players around him better than John Wallace. Oh, oh, it's not in it's fact, undebatable. That's an undebatable fact. In fact, I think John Wall makes, in some ways, the players around him worse. Like, I don't think that him and Kevin Porter, I don't think he makes Kevin Porter better. I think he makes Kevin Porter worse because he, he takes the ball out of his hands. John yeah. Wall is a player that needs the ball in his hands. And... Yeah. Kevin Porter is the same way. Like, you look at games where Kevin Porter is playing most of his minutes at the one, and you look at, like, he had that game against, um, he had the game against uh, Utah. He had, like, 27 and, and 8 or something like that, and he was the starting point guard. Like, I do think, like, honestly, in some ways, I feel like we have somewhat, like, a poor man, We like, I feel like we have a poor man's James Harden as a rookie. Yes. In some in some ways, and when we had James Harden, he was you know three or four years into the league, and he was a little bit more established than Kevin Porter was. But I mean, if you look at Kevin Porter and his career trajectory, like he was 
he was, you know, drafted later than he probably should have because of things that have happened off the court. And mm-hmm. the things off the court have been distractions yeah. that have prevented him from recognizing his full potential. And, you know, I'm hoping that those things will get eliminated as his Rockets career continues. And I feel like this, in some regards, is not necessarily a bad distraction, but John Wall is, a, in, in a sense, a roadblock for, yeah. for Kevin Porter to really fully realize the full potential there. And it's starting to get, you know, I, I really hope that, I, I personally think that the Rockets move on from John Wall after the season. I think because when they brought in John Wall, they didn't have Kevin Porter. They had James Harden. They were looking for Wall to be a compliment to Harden. I was kind of feeling that a little bit, but that feels like years ago at this point. And, <laughs> you know, the team is, has evolved six times and a half, maybe in the last, you know, a couple months. But I personally think that the Rockets, they need to get some kind of first-round pick whether, you know, this offseason, whether it comes in the form of an, of an Eric Gordon trade or, you know, maybe a trade right here for Vic. Maybe they do a sign trade for Vic at, at the, uh, in the offseason. That's another possibility that they could do with Vic. Um, but at this point, like, I think John Wall will play his one and only season this year in Houston. Um, I mean, as much as I keep on thinking that that may happen, it's the math game, man. He's getting paid 40-plus a season. It is, know. which is why you attach a first-round pick next to him, which the Rockets have plenty of now. The Rockets have three yeah. firsts this, this year. They have another first extra next year. And they now have a surplus of picks to where giving up a first-round pick for John Wall is not like totally – it's not going to tank the Rockets and their future value. And that's why – and I'm, seeing, I'm saying maybe even you know throw in um, – and that's why I want them to get an additional pick because I think having three first-round picks is the, is a good number for a team right now that, you know, is in the position the Rockets are in as, a, as just a rebuilding, you know, group of guys. But having four may be a bit too much. That's why I think trading for – trading one of those picks with John Wall to a team like – I mean, huh, trying to think of a team that would even consider taking on John Wall. Um, that's, that's the problem. Because yeah, I always think I mean, contending but there teams are teams. will take them. There contending are teams, teams that would love it. to have them, but it's the contract. It's the matching of the contract. You're really contending yeah, teams but also if you space. think about it, I think moving, like, when the Rocket, when the Wizards had to move a three-year deal uh, with $120 million left on the table for John Wall, the Rockets mm-hmm. will now have the task of moving a two-year deal worth $80-something million. Mm-hmm. And then... He also has a player option in year three, which, right. I mean, if I'm John Wall, I mean, I'm not going to say no to $47 million, but, you know, who knows? I, I, at this point, like, if, if John Wall were to stay until that point, I don't know if John Wall would take that money. I would think that he would because who would say no to $47 million when I'm 33 and not the player that I once was? But, I mean, he clearly is frustrated in Houston. So he, I can see that, you know, maybe at this point, a buyout doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there is so much money on the table. And I don't think John Wall is willing to give up that much, but you know, maybe a team like if the Clippers found a way to shed salary and all of that, maybe they could find a move where John Wall makes sense. Um, I, I mean, or like another rebuilding team that could use a pick or two. 
I would say Washington, but obviously that's not going to happen. Yeah, we can't make them um, take back their trash. That doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really so, work that way. So, okay, I'm reading the chat now. Um, Steve is saying, Brian Windhorst says, the Heat and Raptors are playing a game of chicken on Kyle Lowry. That's holding up this market, which is, yes, that is kind of what I was you know, saying here. Um, Hera and Rockets. Sergio, what do you say by oh, the Heat and the Rockets are talking right now? Apparently, it's a rumor right now. It's saying that they're talking, and also there's like another source saying that the Heat will pursue something more than just Kyle Lowry. So who who is that from? Else. Who is that from? Uh, hold on, let me check back. Because that's a big it's, like you could get caught with one of those like burner accounts or like yeah. one of those accounts like Scoopy or something it's like that. Spread, who just throw things Scoopy. out just to say it. <laughs> Jeremy, why you gotta give Scoopy the stray? Hey, hey, Greg, look, Scoopy, Scoopy scoops a bunch of stuff. Throws it on the wall and sees what sticks. <laughs> and and then when he's right and, and like when he's right, you know that little bit of the time, it's like, oh look, it's Scoop B. Like he's the future of journalism in, in the NBA. He's the next Scoop guy. Like, like, look, Woj and Shams have worked their asses off their whole career yeah. to get where they are, and I just hate that guys feel like they can just kind of cut the line and say like oh yeah like i'm an insider like it just like i i'm a podcaster for the for the dream shake like i i write for SB Nation and all that but that doesn't make me an insider that doesn't make yeah. me like a super strong reporter like honestly i have just as much knowledge as you guys so like we are a fan site as well so so yes we have and sometimes we'll get uh time to go to the game like get credentials to go to the game like i, I have been credentialed for uh, one NBA game as a, as a writer for the Dream Chick. But, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't make me woe chance. Like, I'm not, like, and I actually, when I was a credentialed me- member of the media, I'd actually sat right next to Jonathan Fagan, and it was, uh, we were in Orlando, because I live in Orlando, and okay. it was Harden Drop 54. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I got a, and it was, it was, like, it was real nice. It was just, it was super, like, so if anyone's considering a journalism career, like, highly, Highly recommend, you know, just working your tail, and sometimes, you know, the benefits will come. I do have Shravan in the chat here wanting to come up, uh, so I guess we do have a bit of a party here with Sergio, Zeke, uh-huh. and Shravan. Welcome to the, Yo, welcome to the Dream Take, Shravan. How are you? I'm doing good. What about you? I, I'm, I wish Victor Oladipo would have gotten traded by now, but uh, we're about 15 it, it minutes might, away from the happen. traded line. It might happen. You think so? Yeah. To Miami? Shavon. Don't do that to me. You, you, just because you're my co-host, that doesn't mean you're supposed to make me happy. No, to any other <laughs> team. Like, it's like one, at least one second round pick. You'll get one second round pick. It'll happen. But I don't... Yeah. But where? Where? That, that, I don't where? know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to browse on Twitter right now for some, uh, for some chances. But I do have a lot of people coming on, and I do want to... I, I do want to keep this, you know... I do want to let as many people on, but I don't want to kind of crowd the stage here. I do want to just keep things a little bit. Like, I don't think there's a point keeping other people like, because in the off season, he'll leave for free. I don't think you can sign and trade him in the off season. No, yeah, just... you can't. But I, I, like, Savan, you know what I've said. I've said, just trade him. Try to convince Nate McMillan and just, Nate McMillan go like, you know, to Travis Nolik and be like, look, look, this is my guy. He's good. He's good. And then find a way to get, you know, use it in a salary dump and try to get um, Cam Reddish in the, in the process. Like, but it doesn't seem like that's what the Rockets wanted.
most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.